This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and to buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish, and those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord You can have a seat. and I'm one of the pastors here. It's a joy to see some new faces tonight and to welcome all of you back. Uh, Last summer, I had the privilege of going to this big global gathering of Anglicans in Jerusalem. And when I was there, I met this woman. She was the Nigerian bishop's wife, and she was a full head and shoulders taller than me. Every day, she would show up dressed head to toe in this really colorful, beautiful wax cloth with these fancy hats and sashes and big spiky shoulders. And so she and I were just chatting really casually during a coffee break one day, and we were talking about our kids and some of our hopes for them, things we were praying for. And all of a sudden, she just grabbed me by the arm, and she said to me so strongly that I spilled my coffee, Amy, Amy. He is a wonder-working God. He will do it. 
And I think that's what this passage does for us tonight. This passage is like a big Nigerian woman grabbing us by the arm and saying, look at this Jesus. He is a wonder-working God. He will do it. And in these miracle stories tonight, I want us to see this wonder-working, prophecy-fulfilling, glory-revealing, rescuing God. This God has come to earth in the person of Jesus. And, and Jesus uses this incredible power to care for us. Jesus is powerful, and Jesus directs that power toward our good. So with that in mind, let's get into the passage. In verse 30, it says that the apostles returned to Jesus. They told him everything they'd done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Because many were coming and going, and they didn't have leisure even to eat. So the disciples have been out on this missionary journey that Jesus had sent them out on. They had gone in groups of two, out into the countryside. They were healing people and casting out demons and calling people to repent and to turn to God. And they have had wild success. It's been amazing and probably really exhilarating. But it's also been really overwhelming, so much that they can't even stop for lunch. And Jesus sees this, and he says, hey, guys, you haven't even eaten. The crowds are following us everywhere. Let's get away. Let's go on retreat. Let's go somewhere alone and rest together. Now, there is so much more to this story than friends going on retreat, and we are about to get there, but I do want to pause and mention that many of us, many of us are living in this constant state of busyness and overwhelmedness. And I think there's something about living in this really expensive area that almost demands that of us. And we all have days where we don't even have leisure to eat. We are so consumed by worries about our parents, our children, our friends, our money, our jobs. And Jesus is always right there inviting us to turn away from this culture of busyness, this culture of unending work. He's always inviting us to rest. He's always saying to you and to me what he says to the disciples, come away and rest. And so they do. They set off in this boat and they cross the Sea of Galilee to go to this desolate place. And desolate here just means deserted, undeveloped, sort of a wild area. They're going to the far side of the sea to the wilderness. But as they're approaching, you can just imagine they are in this little boat and they see on the hillsides people running down from their villages waiting to meet them at the shore. And you can imagine that sinking feeling in the disciples as it's dawning on them that they are not going to get the retreat that they signed up for. But listen how interruptible Jesus is. In verse 34, it says, When he went to shore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So Jesus is facing this crowd of thousands of people when all he really wants to do is rest. And if you can imagine how desperately needy these people must be, if they're willing to run from wherever they're from just to meet this street preacher. And yet Jesus allows their desperation and their neediness to move him with compassion. 
they are like lost sheep, and they need a shepherd. And so I want us to see this tenderness of Jesus in these people who have essentially ruined his plans. And then he feeds his sheep. And the first way he does this is by teaching them. Jesus, of all people, knows that man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, like the scriptures say. And so the first thing he feeds them is his words. But as the day goes on, he probably also needs to feed their bodies because there are 5,000 people getting hungry, and the disciples are starting to worry. And so they come to Jesus and they say, hey, we are in the middle of nowhere It's about time we send these people home so that they can buy something to eat. But Jesus doesn't. He tells his disciples to take an inventory to see how much they already have in the crowd, and they do. And reading from verse 39, when they found out, the disciples said, five loaves and two fish. And then Jesus told everyone to sit down on the green grass, and he takes these five loaves and the two fish, and he looks up to heaven he says a blessing. And he broke the loaves, and he gives them to the disciples to set before the people. And everyone eats, and everyone's satisfied. Well, this is this extraordinary miracle for people who are not used to eating their fill of anything. Jesus, the good shepherd, has invited thousands of hungry, desperate sheep to come and sit by the water, at this abundant feast in the wilderness. And he's showing the power of God over the bread and the fish, the power of God to feed and to nourish, that same power that once rained manna in the desert for 40 years. And all of this phenomenal power is directed at his people. And if we have trusted Jesus then that power is directed at us too. Because we can feast on this miraculous meal. The bread of life has already come down from heaven and been blessed in the person of Jesus. It's already been broken on the cross. It's already been given to us to feed our deepest hunger and to give us life forever. We can feast on everything Jesus has already done for us right now, just as we are in the wilderness of our sin and our need. And we get to act this out every week in the Eucharist when Jesus invites us to the table and he feeds us with himself. So see this image up on the screen? It's this floor mosaic from this church in Israel that's right along the Sea of Galilee. And according to tradition, this church is built on the place where Jesus fed the 5,000. So this floor is overground where Jesus walked, where Jesus broke bread, where people sat down and ate and were satisfied. But when we take the Eucharist here at Incarnation, I don't know if you've ever gotten to notice, but our pottery, where we serve the wine and the bread, it actually has this mosaic on it. So every time you come up and you sip or dip from the cup and you eat the bread, you have this visual reminder of this miracle, this visual reminder that we are people who feast in the wilderness with Jesus. But that's not all. Because after they feast, 
Jesus sends these crowds home, and he sends his disciples out in a boat. He tells them, go ahead, I'm going to stay here and pray for a little bit. And then the story picks up there in the fourth watch of the night, which is 3 to 6 a.m., so it's dead of night. And we read that the disciples were making headway painfully because the wind was against them. So if you can imagine, they have been rowing against the wind for nine hours in the dark. And if that is not a perfect metaphor for life in the D.C. area, I don't know what is. But Jesus comes to them by miraculously walking on the sea. Now, a few hours ago, he was handing out fish to thousands of people, and now he is walking with fish swimming under his feet. He is crossing the sea like it's nothing, like it's dry land. He's showing that same power of God that parted the waters of the Red Sea to rescue his people, and the same power that carried the Ark of Noah safely through the flood. The same power of the God who sits enthroned over the waters, as the Psalms tell us. And so again, we see this phenomenal power and dominion and authority over the wind and the waves in the person of Jesus. And then Mark says something really interesting. He says that Jesus meant to pass by them. Now, what is this all about? Because Jesus sees his friends, they are in trouble, they've been rowing all night against the wind, and he's walking on water, and then he's just going to pass them? Why? Well, we don't know why. (laughs) Uh, And we can't know why. There are lots and lots of things written about this. Uh, St. Augustine said, maybe Jesus is testing them. Maybe Jesus wants to train his disciples to cry out to him to train them that when life is hard, they need to rely on his power instead of shearing the ship alone. alone. Maybe. Or maybe Mark is doing something a little more poetic. Maybe he's reminding us that this Jesus is the God of Scripture, a God who has often revealed his glory by passing by his prophets. There was the God who passed by Moses in the cleft of the rock, and who passed by Elijah on the mountaintop. Maybe it's this kind of passing by that Jesus has in mind, where he wants to parade all of his glory and majesty in front of them on the sea. Maybe. We we don't know what Mark means, but we do know that Jesus is interruptible, because he means to pass by, but he doesn't. The cries of his friends stop him in his tracks. They don't even know it's him. They think he's a ghost. They're not praying. They're just screaming. But it's enough. It's enough. Because this powerful Jesus with the fish under his feet, he is moved by the fear of his friends. Reading from verse 50. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. So here again, we see this incredible power of Jesus, the power to command the sea, but it's directed at his friends who are scared. And it's not dependent on the disciples getting it right. They still don't understand who this is they're dealing with. It says they don't understand about the loaves. They don't know Jesus is all about 
breaking bread and feasting in the wilderness. And they don't understand about the sea. Jesus isn't here just to rescue them from a storm in this little wooden boat. Jesus is here to rescue them from their sin on the wood of the cross. Their hearts are hard. They don't know the whole story. They don't get it. But Jesus takes care of them anyway. And we are like the disciples. We forget and we underestimate the vast power of Jesus. But Jesus is full of compassion for us. And he lets our fears and our needs and our hungers and our overwhelmedness, he lets it interrupt him and move him. Jesus wants to get in the boat with us. He wants to feed us. He wants to direct all that power toward our care. So how do we access it? Well, we ask him. You saw how feeble the disciples' cries were. We don't need these long, articulate, beautiful prayers. We just need to say, I'm scared. I'm hungry. Life feels like a wilderness. Life feels like rowing against the wind. And Jesus comes in power to deliver us. And he doesn't always take us out of the wilderness. He doesn't always take us out of the storm. But he gives us everything we need in the midst of it. He gives us his words and his presence and his body broken for us. Well, every week right after communion, we have teams of people in that back room that would love to pray with you. So if there are places where you want to see Jesus show up in power in your life, there are people who would love to call on his name for you and with you. And then next weekend, we are going away together to this wilderness called Camp High Road. And we are going to learn there about the power of the Holy Spirit. And we would really love, if anyone is not signed up, come away and be fed and rest. Well, Jesus is the embodiment of the all-powerful God, the God who made the world, the God who delivered his people, the God that the prophets and the psalmists talked about. Jesus is a wonder-working God, and he will do it. Amen.